come with us. When you wish upon a star. Come and remember the magic. Dudettes, welcome back to 90s Disney, your podcast for everything about Disney in the 90s. I'm your host, AJ Minotti, and I'm joined by my brothers, Mike Minotti. Hello. And Chris Minotti. Hey, howdy, hey. I'm <laughs> there here. it is. We're here. We're ready. We have a very exciting and special show for you this month, because Mike, where and when are we going? We are going through the corridors of time and space Ooh. aboard Spaceship Earth. Sounds mysterious. Only specifically the 1994 to 2004 version. Or 2005 version, excuse me. The best, the best version. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the version that defined our uh, view of Spaceship Earth. Yeah, yeah. The, yes. Uh, I think we would just call it the Jeremy Irons version, I guess. There you go. So, Mike, take me back in time to uh, November of 1994. Right. So, this version of the ride opens on November 23rd, 1994. Number one song is I'll Make Love to You. I'll Make Love to You. That's that song, yeah. You... By Boys to Men. You, you, you know, know this song, like, right. In, like, middle school or high school dances and all that. I didn't oh, yeah, that was a staple. <laughs> yeah, those were fun. Not really. I was too busy watching the number one movie in the world, Star Trek Generations, to go to dance. <laughs> Nerd. Uh, so yeah, that, that's the number one movie. Although pretty shortly after this, the next week is uh, on November twenty seventh. The first Santa Claus comes Ooh. out with Tim Allen. How about that? That's uh-huh. good. Mm-hmm. And uh, November twenty first, just two days before this opened, Donkey Kong Country came out for the uh, Super Nintendo. I think this is objectively the best look back in time we've had yet. Yeah, yeah. those this are all those great are stuff. Four good hits right there. Donkey Kong Country is the best video game ever made. <laughs> nice. I disagree, actually. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> all right, so uh, you know this isn't going to really be about like Spaceship Earth. Uh, in super in-depth in terms of the architecture and anything that was in that original version of the ride. But I do want to do an overview. Like, you know, that first version of Spaceship Earth opened with Epcot Center on October 1st, 1982. Uh, Bell System is the uh, the original sponsor here. And the original voice actor <clears throat> who's doing the narration is, this, is a guy named Vic Piran. And he's like, he's not a celebrity, right? He's best known as being this kind of narrator voice on the 1963 sci-fi anthology show called The Outer Limits, which was kind of like a Twilight Zone sort of thing. Man, how does something like like that land this game? Everyone everyone goes back to Walter Cronkite, but no one talks about Vic Perrin for five years there. Yeah, he he won't be doing it for super long, but he does. He did also do the original narration for the Universe of Energy, so you you he, mm. that version that would have lasted longer. So you're, right. you may be more familiar with him from that. They just had him around. He's like, hey, read these two uh, scripts. Yeah, do can. yeah, being economical. <laughs> AT and T becomes the new sponsor in '84, so uh, Bell, like Bell yeah, System does not last uh, super long there. 
And then uh, after an, uh, refurb, the ride opens in 86 with Walter Cronkite as the first kind of celebrity narrator. And this, it's funny because you can always tell the 80s Disney babies to the 90s Disney babies because uh, all the 80s guys are like, oh, Walter Cronkite was by far the best narrator. And I think huh. everybody our age is like, it was absolutely Jeremy Irons. Right. So this version uh, goes for quite a while, and but then the ride closes for its second major refurbishment on August 15th, 1994, which is about 10 years after 18th, he becomes the new sponsor. Uh, you know, all of the pavilions in, uh, in Future World kind of ran off that sponsorship model, and these are pretty much always 10-year contracts. At the end of 10 years, when, you know, they're trying to get people to re-sign, there's usually kind of a, we're going to do a refurb sort of a thing, so the ride's not old, and, you know, so yeah. this is 10 years here, so Nowadays, it's time. things are like, hey, let it, let it ride. It's been 20 years, well, keep so, going. Sometimes you get new spaceship Earth, sometimes you get Journey into Imagination. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So AT&T agrees to a new deal in 93, so, you know, let's go. But kind of the funny thing about 1994 at Epcot is that it was an Epcot Center in 1994. They literally changed the name of the theme park to Epcot 94, which was this weird thing they did for that year in 95. It was Epcot 95, and then it just became Epcot. But, but yeah, like, it, it, those two... I don't remember this at all as a kid. I, I just called it Epcot, but apparently, technically... Everyone did, but, yeah, I remember the guide maps having the Epcot 94 on it. Right, and this was even, like, before Windows 95, you know? <laughs> it's like a precursor. Was, yeah, was Madden doing this yet? I forget. I don't even know, but, Epcot yeah. trendsetters. Mm. But they, they, there was a, a decent amount of new offerings in Future World for Epcot 94. Food Rocks uh, debuts, and that replaces Kitchen Cabaret. We have... Never done Food Rocks. We no. had never had any interest in no. it. No. Well, back never then, we did really it. didn't do much of the Land Pavilion at all. No, really, not really. Until Soren came along, I mean, we never really went in there. I was a picky yeah. eater. They weren't growing chicken fingers and french fries <laughs> in the land. <laughs> no yeah. cheeseburgers for Mikey. Ride, you just go through a bunch of vegetables. <laughs> Where's the chocolate and the cheeseburgers? <laughs> you just be upset they were too close to them. <laughs> this is also when Innoventions replaces Communicore, which... Like, like, this is such a interesting kind of, like, flashpoint for me. Because I know I've been to Disney World before 1994, and I'm sure I have, like, yeah. spattering of memories. But there, I do not remember Kitchen Cabaret ever being there. I do not remember Communicore. I do not remember the Walter Cronkite version of Spaceship Earth. So, like, most of my memories, which is funny, because, like, I remember uh, Tower of Terror being new, and that's mm -hmm. 94. Like, I remember when that was new. But so much of this other stuff, I just like do not remember. Like I, did, I remember up this bit, and I'll tell you my my earliest Epcot memory. But keep going here. Yeah. The the other thing here we have the Magical World of Barbie Stage Show, which is held in the American Gardens Gardens Theater. Something else we which, never saw. If you want to learn more about that, Tammy Tucky did an excellent video documentary on it that you should go look up on YouTube. Tammy Tucky's done a lot of like uh, uh, interviews and stuff that are kind of related to what we're talking about today. So. We'll kind of point towards she, the trailblazer. Yes, yes. This also we got Splashtacular over at the Fountain of Nations, which was this kind of bizarre uh, water fountain show. <laughs> the with pterosaurus like a, there's a Rex. Yeah, it's a dinosaur. It, yeah. It doesn't last very long. It doesn't make it to 95. But it, well, and that <laughs> dinosaur head, apparently it was pretty advanced at the time, and, and they hunk it in some imaginary building behind... Uh, Magic Kingdom. It's it was there for years. May even still be there. I'm wow. not sure. Yeah, it was like at the entrance. Yeah, you can that's see true. it on Google Maps for a while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let's talk a bit about Mr. Uh, Mr. Irons. Well, real, so wait, real wait, quick, yeah, I, want, I want to share the one the, the earliest I can remember. It had to be pre '94. All I can remember 
is waiting in line for Spaceship Earth. So I know I did the Walter Cronkite version, and you did too, Mike. Chris, I don't know if you were there. You might have. I may not have been, been born yet. Or I was born in eighty-eight, home. so he had so, to have been on Spaceship Earth before ninety-four, though. Still, I, yeah, but so I just remember we were, we were in line to ride it, and you did not want to go on that ride, and you were crying. <laughs> yeah, and that screaming. sounds about right. That sounds about and right for me. We oh, were in, five, we, the six. line was so big, we were along the side, like 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 the one side corridor that went into Communicore. And this very nice cast member was trying his hardest to cheer you up. He kept pointing out how his outfit was blue. He says, look at this. I'm blue. I'm a Smurf. And then he was like talking about how it's all polyester and how hot it was in the sun. And it wasn't working. <laughs> it was very nice of him. Why would I care about Smurfs that, that's, and polyester? <laughs> right? That's my only... That's my earliest memory of being in Epcot was that guy trying to cheer you up before we went on Spaceship. Oh, that's pretty cool. As a sensitive right? child. If only, if only adult, that guy but, knew that, uh, like, 20, 28 years later, I would be, do, uh, longer, 30 years later, really, I'd be doing a podcast. <laughs> First, it'd be like, what's a podcast? <laughs> About that ride. All right, so Jeremy Irons, so he's born in 1948. He's older than I realized, but I guess that makes sense. Uh, he's a classically trained theater actor. He did a lot of West End Shakespeare productions, uh, that sort of thing. His uh, kind of big like movie break came in 1981 when he starred in the movie The French Lieutenant's Woman opposite of Meryl Sheep. He won a Tony Award for Best Actor in a Play in 1984 for his performance in The Real Thing. And uh, then he won the Academy Award for Best Actor in 1990 for playing Claus von Bülow in Reversal of Fortune. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> I don't think you have right no, I'm <laughs> Never heard of it. Right. <laughs> but he would, we, we all know him as the voice of Scar in The Lion King, which came out in June 1994. So it would have been recorded probably even before. I imagine that he did that. People at Disney saw that and realized he did a good job. It's like, well, let's ask him to, not, to do this. No, right actually, no. actually it, it, that's not the case. Um, Larry Gertz, who we'll talk about in a little bit here, actually, who who kind of wrote Hurt on the redesign and wrote the script, he was just a Jeremy Irons fan. And huh. that was who he had in mind to do this script. And, and it just kind of was like this weird synergy of, of chance that happened that both these... This ride in the movie in 94 opened uh, at the same time about. But yeah, no, it, it had nothing to do with Lion King. Oh, that's Larry cool. Larry Gertz just liked Jeremy Irons and wanted him to do it. He's so, I just rewatched uh, Lion King not too long ago, and he is, still, he is so ridiculously good. Oh, he's in so that. good. <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a fun, but still, like, you know, appropriately scary performance for a Disney villain. It's great. Uh, but I mean, his voice was so good because it, it, it adds, like, a gravitas to it. And he's also, you know, and the Walter Cronkite fans might disagree with this. Walter Cronkite is maybe almost too famous. Like, that's, it's Walter Cronkite. It's a very distinctive voice. It's the Walter uh -huh. Cronkite Everyone voice. Everyone voice that you hear expect. that voice. And yeah. Right, exactly. It's kind of hard to just not think of anything with Walter Cronkite. Here we, like, you know, at the, when I was a kid, I didn't realize that was Scar who was talking. That was the, the Spaceship Earth voice. And like I right. said, it's kind of regal. There's gravitas to it. And this whole version of the ride, I think, that's where it excels at, this gravitas. Well, and the funny thing is there was concern internally that a British voice would be off-putting to the American audience, which is funny because I think, I think especially nowadays, you almost associate the British voice with a sort of authority. Like, yeah. If you're listening to a podcast and there's a British guy on, you tend to be like, oh, he knows what oh, he's yeah. talking about. <laughs> right. And it's also, it's not like he has, he doesn't have the thickest it's not British thick, accent yeah. in the world. He's not like, hello, welcome to Spaceship Earth, mate. He's it's not as thick as a Judy Dench. 
Even then. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you brought him up, AJ, but Larry Gertz is, uh, he's, he writes the new script for this, and he's kind of running roughshod on this whole uh, refurb. He was a creative lead at Imagineering for, for about 20 years. Then he would eventually become a creative executive at Epcot. Yeah, so he's in charge of this whole refurb. He also was the executive show producer for Disney Quest, which... Oh, we man. Disney Quest. Someday we'll get there. Uh, that's like the one I'm like almost like... That is like the most 90s Disney thing to me. Maybe that'll be like another anniversary episode. Yeah. Oh, that, we, we do have our anniversary coming in June. Yeah. Let's see. But uh, he left Disney in, in 2002 after a pretty good uh, career there. And yeah, Tammy Tucky on her podcast did an interview with him. So he talks all about this. So we'll, we'll throw a link up there. But you should totally check that out. Apparently AJ has. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, like I said, this that is he, his delivery of from Jeremy Irons about this whole thing, and just the script too, which Gertz writes, is so good. I still think of those lines. That's the best delivery of like a grand and miraculous spaceship. It's not quite the same coming from me. Yeah, but you're you're immediately <laughs> set in like, ooh, this is going to be good when you hear that first line. Oh, it's yeah, so it, good. it's a like, very just sets strong the expectation. Start. Yeah. Do you guys have a favorite line from from Irons in this version? I'm trying to think like through them all because they're they're all pretty good. I, I, mean, I always like the way the... he says. I, I've always liked the way he just kind of does the, uh, the the just the one line, and it's funny because it's one of the things that was cut when they redid it in 07 or whatever. Which is just because the theater was born. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. It's like this is well. He probably actually was excited since he actually is an actor and did a right? lot of theater. Yeah, the other good one is uh, East, West, yes. North, and South. All roads led to Rome. And that line is in, like, the first version, uh, uh, even the one before Walter Cronkite, pretty much the same, the east-west lead to Rome. Yeah, Chris, did you have one? Uh, no, must continue. <laughs> so the ride gets 12 new scenes as a part of this. Most of them are at the end. Also gets a whole new music score. Uh, and this, the whole score is based off of Bach's Symphonia Number no. 2, which is this kind of classical piano piece from, you know, Bach. May have heard of him. In C minor, yeah. should be noted. Uh, excuse me, C minor. <laughs> yes, B minor or C minor. Well, we listened to it earlier. I didn't C. realize how like how similar. I guess not similar, but influential it was to the score right. itself. It's, it's it's not like it's not note for note, but you could see like um, how they was like, okay, this is kind of we want this to feel like. Mm -hmm. Let's let's extrapolate from there. And it's uh like the the rich, that piece is pretty short. It's like a couple minutes, or at least the verses yeah. I've heard on the list. What I'm listening to on Spotify is like a trimming of it. But this is this uh this new score is composed by Edo Guadotti. Uh, Edo Guadotti, yes. Guadotti. So um, it's kind of similar to Minotti. Yeah, right. He had, he's another guy who had been at, at Disney for a while. Um, Larry Gertz and, and Edo uh, Guadotti worked together a lot, apparently, from from what Larry had said. Um, Ito, in addition to this ride, he also worked on uh, background music at Disney Seas. He worked on Disney Quest music. Uh, and and it, it's hard to find specific credits for a lot of this stuff. But funny enough, he went on. I had no idea. He did a lot of composing at Blizzard on World of Warcraft, Diablo 3, and That's Hearthstone. Yeah, that is so cool. Yeah. And Hearthstone, even. Jeez, even that. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, because he, he worked with a guy named Russell Brower, who worked at Blizzard till 2017. And Russell's very well. If you're a Blizzard fan, you know who he is. He's 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 led the music department there for years and years and years. And um, I didn't know this, but Russell Brower worked in Imagineering before he worked at Blizzard. So that's how that's how Ito got to Blizzard because he knew Russell Brower from working at Disney, and they just had a really good working relationship. So so 
Russell called up Ido and was like, come work with me in th- these video games. <laughs> he's like, all right, sure. He's like, he's probably like, what's a video game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wild, wild stuff. Like, it's so funny. Like, you know, I, again, I've heard, I've listened to this man's music so many times, you know, in the World of Warcraft sense. And just today, I'm like, he wrote Spaceship Earth? Like, that really good track I like from Legion is the guy who wrote Spaceship Earth? Oh, Jeez. wow. He's like your favorite composer. That's why composer. this show never is fun. It. Right? <laughs> but what's interesting is, well, first off, this is the first time that music is accompanying the entire ride. There's no silent scene. So music's a much bigger part of this. Like I said, it's all built around this Symphonia number two. But that's not the first time that this classical like music piece has been used and a kind of sci-fi setting. In Carl Sagan's The Cosmos uh, miniseries from 1980, one of the tracks on that is called The Sea Named Solaris. I mean, it's a kind of an electronica version of this song. It's done by a, a composer named Asayo Tomita. It has a very Vangelis kind of feel to it. Right. It's all electronic, but it's the same thing, and it's, it's taking this melody from this piano symphonia thing and turning it into something spacey. And it's, it's it's so funny because you know f- for the longest time you know throughout the 2000s I tried to find this music and it, it was never on like any of the albums or anything and the closest I got for a long time was this track from Cosmos which was like close enough I guess because it's all I had so I listened <laughs> to this track a bunch. Right. Oh, I remember uh, I was watching there. Cosmos and this song played. I was like, what? Why? Why is the Spaceship Earth song playing? <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused. Uh, and for a while, I was just like, okay, so they they took this guy's song, and then I realized that Tomita song Tomita was working off this classical piece of music that also served as the inspiration there. Although I'm pr- I'm, I'm fairly certain that uh, uh, Ido here probably heard this from Cosmos and kind of got the idea there. Yeah. So in, in the very beginning of this version of the ride, uh, one of the kind of first differences is that as you're go- starting to go up that ramp, you hear all of these kind of voices. And it's all historical figures. You hear John F. Kennedy, you hear a bit of Roosevelt. Yeah, I think you hear Babe Ruth. You hear Susan B. Anthony, and what I'm pretty sure is just like a line taken from the American, American Adventure. Adventure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, we it ask sounded, yeah, justice. It sounded just like it. We right. ask equality. Mm-hmm. It's we one of the loudest voices, too, which is funny. Yeah. Right. And, uh, nice little Easter egg. But it's cool. It's like all these voices are kind of echoing across time, right? As, as you're starting your sort of time traveling journey. Then you go up the long tunnel. Uh, it, uh, this is actually one of my earliest. Disney memories was that is that bolt of lightning that you kind of see in the distance yeah. as you're going up that tunnel and you, you have the narration starting but the first half of this ride is not very different really no there, there wasn't there wasn't seemed to be much of a need that physically changed much you know you had the music you had the narration but uh, you know up until you get to that the original 50s TV scene it worked like there was no need to change anything mm-hmm. yeah and that's that TV scene uh, it's right up to that where the changes become pretty apparent because uh, it used to be after that you got uh, two scenes of people using computers. First you had like a guy at home like doing like a home PC thing and then it was like a woman at work. So you had like home computer, work computer and these were meant to be the contemporary scenes right before you kind of reach the apex and you're in space. You also saw like a giant AT&T world circuit board map. If, if you're thinking about the modern version this is where that kind of 80 or like 60s supercomputer room is and then that Silicon Valley garage scene. It, it's funny yeah. in just like five years or so, like how quickly outdated just that became. Like there was such a boom right. in the late, 80, like late 80s, you know, in the 90s. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's interesting though because instead of sort of 
so like what we have now is we just kind of continue the story to make up for some of the time that wasn't talked about like with the 60s and 80s and then back then it was like well here's contemporary they almost kind of jumpstart the future a bit here because we have uh, a boy and a girl using telecommuting technology that did not exist in 94 so there's a boy in his kind of messy room in America and she he's video chatting with a girl from Japan and they're sharing videos of like the, themselves in martial arts tournaments or playing baseball the video screen is like real time translating like it shows the English text and the Japanese text and also well, and the, resamples the voices cool. for the languages right and that that's what was so cool is you saw the you saw the boy talking to the girl in in Japan first and and you know again put yourself back in 1994 it's like, oh, like the video phone. This is like the, the dream we always have is the video phone was going to be a thing one day. And there it is. Okay, yeah. But then like it, it took you a second to realize once you got to the second half of that scene that now they're both speaking in Japanese. And it was doing that like like the idea was real-time translation, which we're only just now really getting to. Like I, I believe a year ago, Skype started rolling out a beta of a real-time translation feature. Well, I know uh, and, the, and, the Google uh, Pixel Buds do that as well with the Google Translate right. app. And, and and again, like you go back to 1994 and 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 think about that and and how far thinking it was to, to have that idea. Like I can remember still, it, it had to be not long after doing this ride because because I think it was like mid 90s when I had a new computer and it had some kind of like video chat program on it and i remember our, our, our dad and our, our one uncle were over because you know like the dad's role wasn't you know, you can't use this unsupervised because who knows who you're going to talk to it, and it was literally just it just randomly connect you to somebody super unsafe yeah like i said at least our dad had some common sense like supervised and i remember like getting in a video chat with this guy and we just like talked about the weather and it was like in my head i'm like this is just like on spaceship earth yeah. this is so cool <laughs> nowadays you know, it's up like, with that, i think it was still like 28.8k yeah <laughs> now it's like i don't want a video chat you just send me a text yeah. or an like, email yeah, please <laughs> i don't want to hear your voice i don't want to see your face text me yeah, text, text me, me. <laughs> does it does it bother you guys at all that this is kind of like we're already in the future even though we haven't reached the top of the ride you know i feel like there is something a little off maybe there. they're just optimistic of how quickly that technology <laughs> maybe. became uh, prevalent so after that um well i should say between these two rooms the u.s boy and the japanese girl there's this kind of jumping data stream that's sort of like the it's the network that's connecting them right and then from the girl's room it jumps again into the sort of wireframe globe of earth and it has an opening that we go inside of and then this is when we're in that sort of light tunnel and we're kind of approaching the, the top here and this this light tunnel was in the older versions but there's a bit more to it and like the mm. older versions it was basically just the straight lights here there's like wisping lights and they're flashing a mm -hmm. bit more it's a smidge fancier a bit more high tech yeah then we get to the top and we get our view of spaceship earth the, the music oh, swells uh this was a new effect for this or uh, it was like a better lit version and if you don't know the top of spaceship Earth is literally like a planetarium that where they're projecting that so this well, was they, a lot um, more vibrant than it was before this now they basically triple the size of the earth that you saw to make it uh, a little bit more impressive which is funny because it's still like you know pretty small i guess well <laughs> it the, seems it is the ori the original idea for this scene was that you're on the moon and there, there's like moon geometry up there still that they built but once they like were putting the scene together the forced perspective effect didn't work so they kind of just abandoned that and made the focus first the earth and then they had a space station prop that was floating up there and they had two 
uh, kind of astronauts around it, and there was like a girl astronaut inside of it. It's when this refurb happens that they get rid of those astronauts, and they become part of the Space Mountain post show until 2009. And then they just paint over the, uh, the space station with black paint, and you would never know it's there unless you know to look there. And it's still there now. Like, it's just painted yeah, black. it's hard to see. If you look, even you look for it, it's hard to see. Right. I think that, like, the animatronic of that girl still there. I think it's been stripped for parts maybe a bit. But, like, it's it's in yeah, there. It's weird. Out. It's weird. But, yeah, there's a, that space. I mean, if you look, before you go into the ride, there's that famous mural, which I love. But the space yes. station, like, features very prominently in that. And, and yeah, that is why. That's why I was there. Yeah. So r- r- real quick, I want to go back to that light tunnel before the the kind of apex here, because they, they there's a neat thing done musically that um, Ido described in his interview with Tammy Taki. Um, they they told him they wanted to have this musical ta-da as he came up to the top, but he's like, well, a new car comes up to the top every couple seconds. Like I, I can't just have the music going ta-da ta-da ta-da. So what he did is if you go back and, and watch any of the ride through videos and we, we have one to share from, from Martin's vids because he's like the guy to have all these videos. Yeah, his video um, for this is great. You can hear when you're in the tunnel, uh the the music kind of just becomes these kind of low harmonic tones that are just kind of these nondescript um you know, just low frequencies, so that when you come out of the tunnel, there's this, you know, more kind of spectacular music at the exit, and it's always kind of meant to, no matter what point you come out, they blend together, and it's always hitting some kind of high point. And if you go and listen to this part of the score, like literally every other beat is like some kind of trill or cymbal crash, Man, or it's, just it's something genius. quick. So it's always it's kind crazy. of like when you listen to it just straight on it just sounds fine but if you really kind of consider how any part of this can be where you come in it always does have kind of a, a, a climax to it mm. yeah this it's such good stuff it, it, even just like that kind of music as you're going up that light tunnel it is it's serving that purpose you're talking about but it is also building this tension wonderfully yeah. because it almost it's almost like off-putting in a way because there's no resolution to it and the fact that you're able to do that with basically two separate music loops right that don't naturally mm-hmm. They're not, like, binarily blending together, I guess. So, after we see Earth, this is where we start the descent. And in the old version, there's not that much to this. You you kind of see some projections on screens. Uh, not even, like, really, like, video projections, usually. Sometimes just pictures. And they play uh, Tomorrow's Child. At least they did, starting with the Cronkite version. Now there's, like more show scenes here it's just it's just really more of the ride yeah they really packed it in there too yeah so right mm-hmm. so right when you do the turnaround thing you start going backwards when the, the first thing you see is like this screen that's showing uh, the, the the news and there's like different they keep throwing it to different newscasters speaking in different languages and they're all covering a space shuttle landing i'm also pretty sure that this tv screen was put where it was because it blocks where this you would see the space station which is now just painted mm-hmm. black well, they also had to um, be very careful with the projectors they use because it would have just lit up the dome. Uh, so they had to actually do some very specific projector technology to really localize it just to that screen and not have the light bleed. So then after this, on your left is a cla- like a futuristic classroom where uh, a teacher and a few kids are just by a giant like computer screen. And they're kind of like freeform... I- I don't really know what they're learning, but they're, they're this almost seems like <laughs> computer recess. Right, but they're basically just like, uh, let's be a dragonfly, and now we're flying around, and uh, it's a spaceship, now we're a bee, uh, it's, it's a car. Your imagination. And they're all flying around these kind of, you know, mid-1990s CG scenes. Which is neat. The, the, the funny thing here is that the loop is pretty short. You, you kind of see the whole thing. 
Like you, yeah, you, you really see do. the loop close in on itself just from going by it at the pace that you do. Uh, after that, you're, there's a bit more of the star field, and then on the right, you kind of see the continuation of that data stream motif that happened earlier with the uh, the American and Japanese kid. And it, this is all like one big diorama. These aren't animatronics necessarily. It's like you see just kind of these sculptures, and they each have a screen, and then on the screen is projected an actual like live action actor or so. And, and not just projected; these are actually done with Pepper's ghost. Oh. Yeah, so if you, and especially if you go back and look at the video, you can kind of get a sense of it, because they do have some transparency to them, and um, that that's how they achieve that kind of holographic effect, is is by Pepper's Ghost. Man, it's amazing how often that technology is mm -hmm. used. Right, like, like where you least expect it. And each of these are in pairs, right? So the first thing that we see is, a, there's a kid in bed with her father, and they're telecommuting with the mother, and like closer to you, you see the kid in the bed, and you see the mother on the screen. Or the projection, and then kind of a little further away, you see it from the mother's perspective, right? We also see a kid who's graduating from college, but uh, closer to us, we see the grandparents. Well, I think it's the grandparents. Yeah, it might it be parents. Like... I'll say grandparents are watching. <clears throat> There's a doctor who's talking to a family, including their son, about the mom's upcoming baby. I think the mom's even getting, like, sonographed, which I don't know why the person who's doing the sonograph can't tell them about the baby, but that's fine. Hey, AJ, it's <laughs> twins. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> PTSD. An archaeologist <laughs> is talking next to a dinosaur skull. And there's two scientists that he's talking to. And again, there's they, they see those de those data streams connecting everything. They're, they're jumping all over. And at this point, the data streams always kind of begin to jump around a, a bit more. And they kind of jump further into the background. That diorama, the force perspective, becomes a bit more intense. And on the left side of this diorama now, it's like this old world. You can see like cathedrals and all these other older buildings. And then there's a literal bridge. And the data stream is going through this bridge. And then on the other side of the bridge is this futuristic city. It almost almost starts looking like a normal city, and then in the centerpiece of that is this really sci-fi looking mm, tower all lit thing. Up from the data right. Stream. And at this point, like the whole city uh, is sparkling from the data stream, and it's become one with the data. Ooh. Yeah. We're and, all connected. And then the data stream kind of shoots out of it like a wave, and this wave flies <laughs> over us at this point. I remember course. staring at this wave for so long, so many times. It was just being transfixed about a mile and a half of fiber optic cable to create that. It's a lot of fiber optic. Yeah, and at this point, yeah. you're tilted back in a way that you really are just staring up at this, yeah. this piece like fiber optic like a light. Trance. This wave of stars then wraps, kind of consolidates into a, a, a tighter stream, and it wraps around a, a model of Spaceship Earth, which is pretty cool. This is kind of where we get the closing narration. And then from there, this, this stream kind of splits off and flies over us one last time. And we see a banner for AT&T. It says, bringing people together anytime, anywhere. Well, and I, I love, too, that, that model of the Spaceship Earth at the end there it looks like that poster that we always it looks, Yes, it looks exactly. <laughs> it looks <laughs> a lot bad. like that poster. Mm -hmm. It is cool like, also, to see... The a version of Spaceship Earth that actually is kind of quote-unquote flying, right? The, the the soundtrack does a really neat thing at the end, too, where the music mm. just kind of gives way to the sound of wind. Right, and even and the music's swelling a lot here, and at one point, like, the like a choir joins in. This is where the song is fantastic. Edge, you're going to play a uh -huh. little bit of it here. I've decided. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy that <laughs> editing. Decided. Yeah. So then our vehicle turns around. We, we kind of get a window view of the global neighborhood, which is the post-show area that, that we'll talk about here pretty soon. Uh, and we walk off, and that is the ride. And yeah, this version of Spaceship Earth—that's that's one of my like five favorite rides ever. It's probably my favorite like simple dark ride, you know? Yeah, oh yeah. Uh -huh. This is yeah. This is my number one dark ride for sure. 
And I don't want to be all poo-poo, like, oh, it's not what it is today. But this this is the version of it that I will always yeah, it's still great. love the most. It's still fun. Yeah. I mean, especially the... Because this one, it treated... This is the only version of this ride that really treated the ending, like, about the same as the rest of it. It's, they're not quite animatronics at the end, I guess. But it still just felt like more of the ride. There was more yeah. show scenes. Rather yeah, than well, more like simple thing, effects. They, they do essentially use mannequins, but by having them always paired in these video calls, it, it created this like mental illusion of, of right. everything being yeah, alive. It, it just brought it, yeah, brought it all alive. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like I said, the post-show area here is the uh, Global Neighborhood. This used to be called the Earth Station uh, before this refurb. This is like a lot of these things where back then there's a lot of kiosks, a lot of them tied into Man, the sponsor. Any ride, I never get into the, never get into the. Some, some of them were fun. Well, the, we, you, especially when we were kids, you want to just go to the next ride, right? Well, I think yeah. that's why, yeah. I think they know well, that now and that's spent, why they've been de-emphasized quite a bit. Sure. You probably spent more time than AJ and I waiting for us to yeah. do rides that you didn't well, like. <laughs> this one was always especially rough because the first thing you do when you go to Epcot usually is Spaceship Earth. When you get off that ride, you kind of want to go do more rides. You're not, I don't think you're you ready. You want to ride the at t network? Well, the, that was great. <laughs> and if you don't, yeah, so this version of Earth Station had basically another little, maybe calling it a ride is generous. A very tiny simulator. But in the center, there's like these little cutout tubes, basically. And you step into this, and there's handrails, and you hold on to it, and this this tube can rotate left or right, and like there's a screen in front of you. In each direction. It's like a <laughs> yeah, simulator. Much, but... <laughs> and there's like a movie with some guy, he's like traveling through the network wires. It was it was pretty cool. I liked it. Again, for the mid-90s, pretty slick. Yeah. Right. But it doesn't last very long, because in 1999, this is when we get the new global neighborhood, and this is the one that... At the end of the ride, some girl comes over the intercom and tells you about it, and her she is just way too bubbly, and it is it's very. <laughs> I'll see you there. It's just like, no, open, you won't. Right? She's, You're not real. It's very loud, and she's very bright. And right after the gravitas of Jeremy Irons and seeing Spaceship <laughs> Earth, it is like whiplash. It, it was always kind of like unsettling. Yeah, but I, it's like, I do oh, apologize. Yeah, I should, I should have said at the top of the show. Um, there's a drinking game component to this episode. Every time Mike says gravitas. Gravitas. That's <laughs> the word of the day. But the new global neighborhood, it's uh, it was, it was it, worse. I don't know. You, like in the middle, instead of that ride thing, you get this kind of tree sculpture made yeah, out of wires. Cool. It was a neat looking tree. There's a lot more kiosks. There's like a station where they take your picture and then there's a touch screen where you can do basic like mid 90s Photoshop stuff with your face, right? That, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of like little games, basically. It's, it's such a large area too for a, for the end of the ride kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm mean, that that space is. I mean, it's prime real estate. Well, I forget this is like, but what's Future World based off of World's Fair, and mm -hmm. so much of that is kind of convention space, basically, and, and yeah, the mm -hmm. exhibit space. Sponsors, yeah. So all these things had these and massive the, uh, exhibit space areas. There's a. Uh, there's a um, what, what's it called? A um, <laughs> I don't know. A private uh, a lounge, a lounge, a lounge. For, the, yeah. for the employees of, of AT and T. Yeah, there is, is there a lounge, lounge in there. Yeah, there's a lounge. We should pull up so. on lounges. There's My a, gosh, there's a lounge. I was like, I was, I kind of wanted to see you struggle there. Oh, yeah. I was struggling. <laughs> there's an upstairs lounge, and uh, it it has it connects to the exit area to give the VIPs direct access to the ride where they can load in where everybody else gets off the ride. So, life goals, right? Yeah. Avoid the long <laughs> lines for Spaceship Earth. <laughs> what do so, they use that for now? There's no sponsor. Like, is it that one? I'm not sure. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe not much. Maybe not much. So there are some changes that happen. Uh, there's basically one big change that happens to this ride in this version, and that's in 2001. 
they put a video warning at the start telling you that your vehicle is going to rotate. What caused the uh, need for that? I have no idea. Because, I mean... Someone complained. Well, think about all that. I mean, how long has Haunted Mansion been a thing? It does the same effect. Yeah. Honestly, more jerky than this. Yeah. And, but, but I hate it because, first off, again, in the beginning, you're supposed to be hearing those voices and everything. And now you get this loud guy like, your vehicle is going to <laughs> rotate. Look at this cartoon of vehicles rotating. By the way, this is going to happen later in the ride. Like, it was kind of like Spoilers. a neat thing for people. It was almost a surprise. So, yeah. well, they, they, and they do it again, like, as it's happening. Like, yeah. please oh, remain yeah. seated. Your time travel vehicle is rotating for your turn there, trip back like, to the Did people freak out? There must, have been, there must have been one person who ruined it for everybody who freaked out. It was like, oh, this shouldn't be happening. And, like, was trying yeah. to get out. I don't know. Trying to get out or something. Or hurt I, his I, neck I, or something. I don't know. It seems bizarre to me. And maybe because, unlike at uh, Haunted Mansion where you sort of have the lap bars. There's not a whole lot keeping you in your vehicle yeah. on Spaceship Earth. Yeah. Nice written warning be enough? Uh, you would think. It, yeah, it, this change drives me crazy. It, it's, a, it's a big <laughs> lawyer change, uh, that's for sure. But <laughs> Big lawyer change. Big lawyer change. And uh, it makes it worse. The, the big big changes are signaled when AT&T drops out as a sponsor in 2004. And at this point, the, the new gla- global neighborhood is just empty. It's like shuttered. It was always kind of weird. Because you just, you just, they kind of like put boards up when you leave the you uh, exit by, area yeah. and you just walk next by it because there's along. nothing in there. But then Siemens agrees to be the sponsor in 2005, so now the ride closes in 2007 for the new refurb. And again, 2004, when ATT drops out, that lines up with the rest of our timing, right? Because they, uh, 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. So. The Seaman version opens in 2008. Jeremy Irons is no longer the narrator. All the descent scenes are pretty much taken out and, and replaced. Uh, and Project Tomorrow becomes the new post-show area. This is the version with uh, Judy Dench as the narrator now. It takes her picture in the start when you're going up that tunnel. And there's a lot of small changes throughout. Like like the caveman scene in the beginning, instead of being pictures of just like sculptures, it's a little CG thing that plays. That, that, that was supposed to be a show scene, by the way. Like There's room there. For a show scene, and they kind of just ran out of money, yeah. so you they think put a screen. Even with this, they would still like at some point they got to put the full show scene in there. Maybe, maybe that would have been with this, you know, the new one that we were supposed to get. But there's even smaller was. touches, like the wall paintings in the cave bands, uh, scene. They they kind of move a yeah, little. Yeah, it's always in neat. There. I like that. I don't know why, but in the Greek scene, the the, the Greek actors are replaced by like a Greek classroom. I don't Hate know why. It. Yeah, I don't know what that had to cost some money, right? Uh, so I don't know why they spent money on that. Like that seems like it was working fine before. This, like, little things like the a lot of the voice actors, like the Morse code guy, it's a different actor, and he's now decoding news about the Transcontinental Railroad before he was talking about the first telephone services going live. Or the, uh, the kid selling newspapers is facing away from us Well, now. That, that happened not right at the refurb. That was in the middle. That was later. I don't know why. We, no one, I don't think anyone knows Maybe why they did that. Maybe his face broke, and they just were like, yeah, just turn him around. <laughs> Something else we forgot too is in the uh, the Roman highways. They got rid of that neat little projection. Yeah, effect. that was that was that was sad. Uh, and from what I understand too, they basically just put black tape over the projector like yeah, lens. Like why not let it go? Yeah, uh, the TV family they were watching football. Now they're watching the moon landing, which has Walter Cronkite on there. So that's, that's pretty neat. He didn't yeah, go to the moon by the way. Egg. He broadcasted it. Oh, oh, is that? Yeah, don't want you confused. But now we have that supercomputer room scene, which I do like a lot. In the so mm-hmm. I do like scene. that. I think the I actually do think these two scenes are. Probably better than the two kids talking to each other. These two scenes are very good. And also because they're just more of the kind of history stuff, like they'll be fine for the most part. But it's when the descent happens that the quality kind of really 
takes a bit of a nosedive. You, first, you get this kind of neat light effect where... Yeah, it, that is cool, too. Yeah, they have, like, these lines of dotted lights, and there's, they use mirrors just to make it look infinite. And it's kind of trippy, and it's interesting. But then after that, it's just a matter of... You look down on the yeah. new comp- like TV screens that they put on all the ride vehicles, yeah, that's and you select go. your. It's like, like you know, it's a make your own adventure future thing. Yeah. And they use the photo they took earlier, and they kind of put your face on a cartoon character. The effects looked pretty good in 2007. Started aging much worse after that. Those kinds of things it's were all, all the rage in the 2000s. Job. Right. And again, it's kind of. It, it, the tone is kind of in line with a lot of the ride now, right? Whereas you know, Judy Dench is almost doing this kind of like. It, it's like being taught to second graders or something, you it's know. Got it's got a like, little more of a like like a little whimsy to it, I guess. Yeah, like thanks the Venetians. I... There's there's not enough gravitas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my that's my issue here, especially when you're looking at a cartoon version of yourself going to work on a, a monorail or something. Style. Yeah, it's basically the Jetsons at the end. Yeah, sure. So yeah. well, it's kind of it's kind of it, it throws back to what Horizons used to do in a way, but yeah, yeah, it just, but Horizons, yeah, was, it's just, Horizons was cool. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it just kills, kills me that there, there's all that space there to to use up, and we're staring at a computer screen a foot away yeah, from right? us. Yeah, and it's like blinding too. And there's you know every you can see everybody's. So it's hear just, everybody's. It's just, yeah, and hear everyone's. Just not good. Right. So so. The ride has no, uh, wasn't really a sponsor anymore, and the, uh, right, Siemens isn't a sponsor anymore. There aren't any no, sponsors they, they, in the future world. That. Remember that they had a falling out after the whole monorail thing? Yeah, that's where right. Where they wanted they to proposals. replace the monorail fleet, but it had to say Siemens on the monorail, and Disney was like, nah, no, we're not, not going to do that. It. And then they, they took their ball and went home. Yep. So, <laughs> Spaceship Birth was supposed to get its next big refurb, because it, it really is due. That's supposed to happen in 2020, and it closed down for it, and they kind of started. Well, it was going to be shut down for like two years, wasn't something, it? Something, something pretty drastic. Something. It was going to be a big refurb, and the whole idea was that it was no longer going to be about communications necessarily. It was going to be about storytelling, which which you know makes sense for Disney. And when you think about it, with all the scenes that are there, that would all still work yeah, fine, right? I mean, we have yeah. we have cave paintings, we have people doing decrees. A lot of it is like language technology basically so it, it right. works just fine but even from the description i think still the first half of the ride was mostly going to stay the same there's going to be a just lot of like stop yeah yeah, yeah there's going to be like stuff. projection effects with like i think it, like didn't that didn't we even see a little bit of the egypt scene with it because there's like this well, yeah, point the, of light that's like the spark of the inspiration or something yeah that's like your new narrator yeah. and he kind of like character. lights up scenes and stuff with these projection effects a bit but yeah so that and we don't know what they were going to do for the last half of the ride in this version at least i i, I mean I they're know. still doing the refurb but it's the well, they say they are <laughs> but, yeah, but so, it won't be yeah nearly what they were gonna do right so they can't they, they canceled the refurb when COVID happened they're like uh let's just open spaceship birth as it is we're not going to spend money on this right now if this ride technically works right now it's fine <laughs> so I'm, I'm almost glad they didn't get too far into it because maybe they would have just kept it closed for like a for couple a more years now right, right. so yeah, yeah who knows when that's going to happen we're going to be stuck with this Judy Dench version I think for a couple few more years even yeah, as long as it's open. Yeah, yeah. At least it's there. I, I, I guess it, that's not the bright side. Is if we go soon, you'll be able to go Always on it. Always look on the, the bright. bright. That's the <laughs> side of life. Tomorrow's child. So, <laughs> uh, this is your favorite version, though, right, guys? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, hands, down. hands I, down. I, I do like tomorrow. The song "Tomorrow's Child" from the Cronkite version, but I, I right. like this this soundtrack based off of Bach even more.
Yep, yep. Yeah, there's nothing to me. Well, what's your favorite scene in in the ride? Mine, just because I just thought of it, is the scene when you come into the Michelangelo painting and like that yeah, music just expands Chapel. and blows up. Oh, it's, it's so wonderful. There's, there's a nice swell of music there, yeah. yeah. I like the Rome burning scene. Best candle yeah, you best can candle. buy, too. They, yeah, if you, if you guys don't know, there's all these companies. There's all these like people who make Disney-scented candles, and they'll always have a Rome burning one that just smells like burnt papyrus. It's I know it seems accurate. weird for yeah, burning a candle. It smells like burning, but it's great. It's fantastic. Because <laughs> you know, if you read that ride and we talk about, it, you know that smell. You can now smell a podcast because you know what we're talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, exactly. Did yeah, you have like, a favorite I, scene? I, I, my favorite scene might be. Um, I mean, it kind of bleeds in what Chris said. But just, I, I like that progression where you have the monks to the printing press. To the Sistine Chapel, I, I always like that yeah. bit right there. It really is all the, in the printing music. press is very that's cool there for me. That swell just it gets me every time. Yeah, uh-huh. that's all, it's always a good gag too with that monk who's sleeping that you only mm-hmm. notice when you kind of like get closer. Go past him, yeah. Yeah. yeah, very Mark Davis esque mm-hmm. gag there. So I mean, what what do you guys want to see from an, an update well, to Spaceship Earth? I, I mean, for sure, you know, the opening scene with the... The cavemen. Yeah, the cavemen. Put the animatronics in, you know, fill the scene up, and, you know, the ending. Get rid of the screens and have that nice descent with some new show scenes there. But honestly, maybe even keep, in a way, keep that the field of lights. I really do like that. The field of lights is yeah. fine. It is really neat. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's hard to do elaborate show scenes because you really are descending at a pretty sharp angle there. Well, when you consider that that a lot of this refurb is going to involve, you know, projection, projection. mapping, I'm sure there's something oh, you that can dome. use with that in the descent to make that feel very impressive. Well, even more so, that, like the, the reveal scene of when you're at the very top. Could you imagine the crazy things they could do with with projectors yeah. up there in the dome? Yeah, on that top dome. That I mean, planetary stuff basically is projection effects, right? Yeah. So, yeah, right. they could do cool stuff there. Are, are like the screens going to even still be on the ride vehicles when they do this refurb? I kind of hope not. Like, yeah, you, right. you don't need them. I mean, yeah, they, kept, they kept them on. Uh, they kept them on Monsters Inc. from Superstar Lemma. They had like a news <laughs> reel. Yeah, maybe they do something with it every now and then. I don't know. Hopefully, it's not omnipresent in the yeah. beginning, especially in the Just end. Dim them down a little bit. Now, here's the big question: like Who should them, be the like, new? I, oh, go sorry, I, I think it'd be cool if they could bring Tomorrow's Child back to the ride. In, I think in so. a Cool way. Well, they seem to be. That's kind of like their theme lately is bringing some of that old Epcot back. Oh, so, I mean, why not bring that back and bring back a little bit of this Bach piece? I mean, what the heck? Yeah, yeah. Get a get a nice little uh, medley going with some new stuff. We got to have some new. Oh, sure. Of yeah, course, no, of course. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm not trying to be like, oh, don't want to poop. Make it more like the old thing, unless it's Journey to Imagination. You know, don't just rebuild <laughs> the old thing. But <laughs> yeah, here's the big question: who who would you pick to be the new narrator Jeez. for Spaceship Earth? Well, the the one. The popular one people always seem to bring up is Benedict Cumberbatch, which I yeah. think would be good. So and I, I think I've, that'd be I, good. I've always thought of like Tom Hiddleston. Part of me is like, uh, all right, we're just going to keep doing like British guys. It probably would be a Marvel. That would make sense. Well, Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, I had that I came up with today that I, I kind of like actually. I think Daisy Ridley would be cool. I see. I'm getting. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not getting that the feeling with. That. I'm not getting. How about Jeremy Irons? <laughs> What's he I'm not doing? Gravitas. Come back. What's he up to? But that's the thing. Like when I heard about Judy Dutch, I thought that was a better fit than I again because I thought that she was going to be doing it sort of stately, and it ended up being a bit more kindergarten. Yeah, I, that probably was the biggest disappointment when we were I mean, first getting this new one. I thought maybe Idris Elba wouldn't be bad. 
So I, I, I need a deep voice. Okay, well, I'm not going to lie. Wait, I need here, a deep let's, voice. Let's challenge ourselves. Who's a non-British person we would pick? <laughs> well, Daisy Ridley's British, AJ. I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. Let, that let's is push funny, ourselves huh? here. Yeah, they're basically all... Yeah, who would... It, it's weird. I mean, you don't... I mean, God, I don't want to just say Morgan Freeman. <laughs> How boring would that be? <laughs> At one point, they probably would have done Johnny Depp, but not nah. anymore. He's like, is he no. even like a narrator? No, he's not a, not yeah, he's not like a narrator guy. You know, like just like it kind of just like I don't know. Oh, I know who's gonna do it. I know who's gonna do it. Oh, tell serious. us. Get J.K. Simmons on the line. <laughs> that'd be pretty good. That's the answer. That'd be great. That's the answer. That would be pretty great, actually. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. I like because that guy's excellent. And we're gonna do a different accent. Let's get Taika Waititi in there. That'd be interesting. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it, it probably is time to get a you know. Oh uh, no! Here we go. Okay, here we go. Here it. we go. J.K. Simmons is the narrator, but Taika Waititi is the voice that sparked the inspiration. There, I like there that. You they go. could banter with each other and have some fun narration. Yeah, exactly. Because then you then you kind of have like 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 the contrasting personalities. I don't want too much Very straight. I don't. I don't want get jokes. That, that, yeah. No, you, you get that gravitas that Mike likes, but then no, the spark is like the like well, is like your figment character. Oh yeah, like he's learning. I don't think there should be a figment character in Spaceship Earth. I don't know. Not quite that extreme, but yeah, you know what I, I mean. know what you mean. I think he should be like a voiceless, ethereal wisp of inspiration. I don't know if he like should Tinkerbell? have a cartoon voice. You're just playing kind too of. much <laughs> Kind of like Tinkerbell. So, so yeah, but again, uh, Martin's tribute for uh, this version of the ride is great. It has a ton of sources, uh, good informa- information on us. He does ones for the newest version and for the original ones, too, that are great. Yeah, it's a good three-part series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a video of the Walter Cronkite version that you can watch, and uh, there's also a fun video I found that just like the source music, so it sounds really yeah, crisp like and clear. Said, after years of trying to find it, it's finally it. out there, and it makes me very happy. Yeah. I, I wonder how many people you've upset by saying uh, we like the Jeremy Irons version over Walter Cron- Cronkite. Again, if they're depending, if you're, if you're ten time. years older than me, I bet you do like the Walter. Who would have thought? <laughs> what, whatever you grew up with is the one you prefer. Yeah. All right. right? Funny, how, funny how that all works out. There's probably people out there that like the Judy Dench version right. more. They're crazy. Yeah. That's that's. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just look at them funny. And again, I don't hate it, but eh. all yeah, right. I know what you mean. Well, Chris, you're you're up next. What do you think we're doing next month? Oh, uh, let's see. I had a good idea. I thought we've done shows, we've done stuff in the parks, movies, blah blah blah. But we haven't done a parade yet. So I was thinking about doing uh, Spectrum Magic. Yeah. Oh, that'd be pretty neat. nice. Yeah. Because it was. Um, it's like ninety one to ninety nine was the yeah. original run. They brought it back because then they, they had to make sure it back two thousand one to two thousand ten. So. So, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about, you know, the show during the 90s there. I think yeah. pretty neat. That's a great one. Yeah, that'll be fun. I love Spectrum Magic. Spectrum Magic. Uh, again, Wait. that's what we grew up with. Yeah, so Wait. that's what we like. Again, yeah, I'll take that over Main Street Electrical Parade any day. I mean, they're both great. Paint the Night's not over. bad, though. Paint the Night's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Where is Paint the Night now? Is that in Tokyo? Probably nowhere now, I yeah, guess. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And maybe as a point five, we can just talk about uh, some of those other classic Epcot dark rides that maybe weren't built in the 90s, but we have fond memories of anyways. Journey sure. to your imagination, but not that one. No. Someday, we'll, we'll, we'll draw well, no, straws. Well, that's, to see. that's topical now that we found out yeah. Eric Idle doesn't even remember <laughs> making it. Yeah. That's hilarious. Good yeah, on some him. Some people were giving him some crap. Yeah, like guys, look, he's a he's a peasant actor. That was a job. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's not obliged to care. He's just <laughs> not. Uh, oh yeah, that, I, I was getting a real good laugh out. Of- 
Oh, that was good yeah. stuff. It was good stuff. Because again, it's it's these same people of a week earlier. You would ask them their opinion of Journey into Your Imagination with Figment. They tell you how it's like the worst thing Disney's ever done, and then a week later, they're mad that Eric Idle is not more reverent of it. Yeah, his like involvement. What? Yeah, yeah, he's as reverent of it as he should be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, AJ, do you want to take us out here? Absolutely. Uh, Thank you for listening, everybody. Be sure to go to 90sDisney.com where you'll find links to subscribe to the show and check out past episodes. Uh, like we said earlier in this uh, month of January, we did a bonus episode covering the lounges and bars of Disney that we enjoy. And uh, last month's episode, which was um, uh, all about Dinosaur. Or, well, excuse me, Countdown to Extinction. Get it right. How dare you. <laughs> have to correct myself when I when I, when I slept there. That was a, a super fun episode as well. Yeah, that was good. Was two, and, was two um, months before that, AJ? See your What's memory. That? Was was two episodes before that? I know. Or two episodes two. before this one? Uh, the night before Christmas. Yeah, That's right. Oh, about three. Oh, I don't know that. That would <laughs> have been. That would have been Mike. What did Mike do what last? Was before Nightmare. Oh God, now I can't remember. <laughs> Who do you remember? I, I thought I did. Now I don't actually. Was it something Muppet? <laughs> it, Wasn't it Muppet Vision? Yes. Yeah, Muppet yeah, Vision. Yeah, it would have been your episode. <laughs> it was Muppet Vision before that. All right, great. We're going through these <laughs> uh, things. Man. Fantastic. We got this is our 20th yeah, episode, by the way. Yeah, 20. Yo. And uh, yeah, find our social media on our website. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Email us 90s Disney Podcast at gmail.com, which I just realized now I don't think I ever set up on my new phone. <laughs> I should probably check that. I God checked it was... today. Don't worry. Okay, I was, gonna, I, I was gonna say, I thought you had it too. I was like, I don't think I've been checking that. You need to start um, getting some more memes up, Mike. No, we, we missed out on the Bernie meme. I didn't, I didn't get a Bernie meme out in time. I'm sorry. Yeah, what were we thinking? I was saying. Uh, I could have put Failure him in the... Part, where, would I, where would you put he, Bernie? He could have been sitting on one of the time uh, time time machines for... What are you talking? There's no Space time machine in Spaceship Earth. Well, the, our, oh, you just want to put him in the vehicle? Yeah, the vehicle. We could do better oh, than that. you know what we needed to do? <laughs> it's not 90s, but we needed to do uh, Haunted Mansion instead of one of the hitchhiking ghosts of <laughs> <Anderson>. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> good. There you go. It's pretty That's good. pretty funny. It's Pepper's Maybe ghost it's effect. Maybe it's not too late. Maybe, maybe it's not too late. It tastes really late to the party. You can bring it back. It's dying down. <laughs> bring it back. All right. That's right. We'll bring it roaring back. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you here next month right here on 90s Disney. Take care. Goodbye. Bye.